Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy TV. My name is Sarah, and I'm so glad that you tuned in today to watch this broadcast. This message that we are starting today, it's a series that Jeremy taught last year at KCM's Ministers Conference, and it has ministered to me for so long. You know, it's funny. I get to be in all these services where Jeremy teaches the Word, and every time, I'm so blessed and I'm so encouraged and it stirs me up and man, faith just begins to rise in my heart. And today, I, I want that for you. There is nothing that brings Jeremy and I more joy than seeing you come up in the things of God, seeing God do great things in your life. And you know, that is always a result of first hearing the word of God. So I'm gonna ask you today to open your heart wide open to hear from God today. Open your, um, open your heart, open, listen with you, the ears of your heart. Listen for direction, listen for wisdom. God has something for you today. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us today. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your word who is Jesus. Thank you for giving us uh a life that is more abundant. And we receive your words today. We believe that the word that we hear will produce results in our life. And we thank you for it. We take it from you today, everything that we need. You know what we have need of. And we thank you for giving that to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter nine. I do believe that... Um, what I have for you today from the Lord flows right in line with the things that we've just heard and what the Lord's already saying to us. We're going to look today at some of the words that Jesus spoke specifically to ministers. Jesus' ministry to ministers ought to highly interest other ministers. We ought to have a strong desire to know what he said to them, and not just to ministers, but to those who were called to the ministry. We're going to read several verses here and uh, unpack some things along the way as we go. I believe the Lord's going to help us with this today. Luke chapter 9, let's begin in verse 51. It says, Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up. He's talking about his ascension. Interesting thing here is there's still a lot to take place between where he is at this point and his ascension. Things like more ministry. Things like more miracles. Things like death burial, and resurrection. All of this has yet to take place, but notice this. It says when the time had come for him to be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now, I want you to notice how many times here it makes reference to his face and the direction he's set to go in. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers this word messengers is the same word that was translated angels in the book of Revelation, writing to the seven churches. We know that that's a reference to those pastors. If you look up the word messenger, you're going to see the word pastor there. See, I'm, I'm kind of an amateur Rick Renner. I'm aspiring to amateur Rick Renner. He sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to do what? to prepare for him. Verse 53, but they did not receive him because, one reason, because his face was set. So in three verses, we have three references to Jesus' face. 
So I like looking up all these words and I look up face and you know what it means? This is powerful. Front of the human head. <laughs> Write that down. You want me to put it on the whiteboard? I can put that up there for you. That would be the extent of my whiteboard for the day. Face means front of the human head. Believe it or not, that's going to be important to us in a minute. His face was set. And it wasn't just set, it says it was steadfastly set. The word steadfastly is the same thing you see in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, where it talks about the God of all grace who has called us, that he would perfect us and establish us, strengthen and settle us. This word steadfastly, that word establish, it means the same thing. It means to turn resolutely in a certain direction. It means to be established on course. Any pilot in here knows exactly what it means and what it feels like when you're taking off out of somewhere and you get this clearance from, from control and they're moving you this way and that way and that way and they get you out of all the mess and all of a sudden you hear from them, you are cleared on course. That means make your turn in the direction you're going and no more to the left, no more to the right. Established on course. That's what this word means, to, to have his face steadfastly set towards it. And it says the people in Samaria there didn't receive him. Why? Because his face was set. His face was set towards where he was going. Come on, look at me. Look at me right now. If I look you in the face, if I get right up in your face, can I see where you're going? Is it in your face? Is it in your countenance? Because it should be. And even if you don't know where it's taken you exactly, you ought to at least have the look of somebody who knows I'm going somewhere. I am going somewhere and I'm done messing around. I'm not going right or left anymore. I am steadfastly set on the course that I have been cleared on. You with me so far? Jesus is cleared on course for the ascension. Notice what happened in verse 54. This is funny. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, <clears throat> you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? And he turned and rebuked them. They were not expecting that. He said, you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. The Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. This is ministry 101 right here. They went to another village. Somebody say they went to another village. Verse 57, now it happened as they journeyed. So here they are on this road. They're journeying. They, they're journeying. They went from Samaria, now going to another village. As they journeyed on the road, someone said to him, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. Famous last words. I'll follow you wherever you go. I was on staff here at my parents' church here at Eagle Mountain for a long time. In those early days of the church, it was awesome to hear that from people. So-and-so came and said, they're with us forever. They're going wherever we go. Quick survey, pastors. Who in here has ever been told that before? Now leave your hands up if that same person that told you that is nowhere to be found. It almost gets to the point, you don't want to hear it. Say anything to me but that. I'll go with you wherever you go. And evidently, Jesus has some experience with it because he turns around and says to him, Really? Because foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 
Now, I can only imagine that the recruitment, the discipleship recruitment department of Jesus ministry just shakes their head every time he gives the foxes, holes, birds, nest speech and about not having a place to lay the head. They're like, no, Jesus, we're trying to get people. We're trying to make them quick, trying to scare them off. But you and I know that's not what's happening here. All this goes together. Keep reading. He said to another, follow me. Those two words, those two words, every person who's ever lived, whoever will live, will hear those two words from Jesus. Every one of them will have opportunity. Those two words, a two-word invitation in solicitation of a one-word response. Follow me. Not a bunch of marketing. Not a bunch of coercion. Not trying to sell you on anything. I'm going to give you the greatest gift God's ever given any man, which is opportunity. I'm going to give you an opportunity. Follow me. Well, listen to the response. The man said in verse 59, Lord, that's a good start. This man calls Jesus Lord. Anybody in here call Jesus Lord? Okay. Lord, let me first. Let me first. Me first. Let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, I understand that. Family comes first. You go ahead and do what you got to do. I'll just be here waiting till you get back. And this, this opportunity is open for you at any time. And I'll just be ready whenever you're ready. I'm so, that must be a newer translation, Pastor. I'm, No, Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. You go, and the implication here is now. Go now and preach. You go now and preach the kingdom of God. Jesus said some things that I don't think the stereotypical view of Jesus would allow him to say, but he said them. Oh, here's another one. Verse 61. Another also said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And Jesus said to him, verse 62, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit. You see that up here is fit for the kingdom of God. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and he said, in a great house, that word great is megas, it's mega, it's huge. This is a huge house he's talking about. Big, beautiful, opulent house that just goes as far as you can see that way and as far as you can see this way, and it's just rich, 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 rich. I mean, we're talking like Jesse Duplantis kind of house here. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> megas mega house. And I don't think there's any house as great as the household of faith. We're in a great house, are we not? But even Paul wrote to Timothy here and said, in a great house, there are vessels, both of gold and silver and those of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Now we've read that honor and dishonor. And I think we've translated it in our minds to good and bad. But it's not so much a reference to the, the nature of them, whether they're good or whether they're bad. I mean, there's nothing bad with a, about a wooden box or a clay pot. 
it's a reference to how they get used. It's in reference to not only how they get used, but who gets to use them. Because it goes on to say, if any man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor. Now, a wood box is a wood box, and it's going to be a wood box for all its life. But here's where you and I are different. We can be one thing and become something else. Old things have died and gone. All things have become new. You could have been made of wood and clay, but it's possible to be gold and silver. He said, any man who cleanses himself from the latter will become a, a vessel of honor. Watch this now. Sanctified. Anybody know what it means? Set apart, pulled out of the crowd. Sanctified for what? For the master's use. For the master's use. I guarantee you there's a lawnmower at Jesse's house. I guarantee it. But I'd also guess he ain't been down there riding it in a while. <laughs> That's the master of the house. Nothing wrong with that equipment, but there are other things in that house that I also guarantee you made of gold and silver that uh, Jesse's and Kathy may just be the only ones who get to use this and they get to decide how it's used and nobody else comes in there. Nobody else touches that. Anybody following me on this? Useful to the master, and he said, prepared for every good work. Uh, the modern English version of that says, you can be sanctified and fit for the master's use. The word fit means just that. It means useful. It means of some benefit. It means that you're profitable. Jesus told the parable about the, the Lord with three employees, and two of them did good, and one of them he called the unprofitable servant. In other words, I can't use you. I can't use you. Now, there's one thing you need to have established in your heart, your mind, your thinking, your ministry, your house, and that's above everything else. You're loved. I'm loved, and we can't change that. We can't undo that. You can't do something to make him love you less. You can't do something to make him love you more. You are loved. On top of that, you're called. You know that, right? You're here because you know that. I know that. I'm well aware of that. Like Papa said, I've been aware of that for quite a while. But just because he loves me and just because he's called me doesn't necessarily mean he can use me. It's up to me to be fit, in shape, useful to him. Now, with that in mind, go back to what we read here in Luke chapter 9 and look at it again in verse 59. Jesus said to one, follow me. So let me ask you something. Is this man loved? Obviously, there's a heart beating in his chest. There's human blood coursing through his veins. He's loved by God. He's loved. Let me ask you this. Is he called? Personally, by Jesus himself, follow me. Now, even though all of us will hear that, this man got that ultra rare eye to eye, face to face, coming out of the mouth of Jesus in the flesh invitation, follow me. Now, remember, Paul talked to Timothy about two things, be useful to the master and prepared for the work. Everybody say useful to the master, <laughs> prepared for the work. That word prepared just means make ready beforehand. 
be ready before the door of opportunity is opened. See, some of these things are coming out of a real fresh place in me right now. Uh, back in September of last year, Sarah and I celebrated, I think it was our sixth year in our ministry, and we began something that we're looking forward to doing with our staff year after year. And this is the week of that ministry anniversary. We're sitting down, we're having vision week with them, and we're taking three days uh, just the morning time over the course of three days. And the first day, we're looking back on where we've been. The second day, we're talking about where we are. And the third day, we're talking about where we're going. And the thing that we charged them with was this year and forevermore, we will be ready when the door opens. And the reason that was so strong in me was because however long ago it's been now, July of 2015, I guess, Mimi and Papa called Sarah and I in reference to the network, the BVOVN, and said, listen, we're, we're going on. This was July. I said, in September, we're making room for other ministers and ministries, and we want you guys to be a part of it. July to September. Now, we'd known for years that we were to be moving towards a television ministry, but we weren't ready. And when I got Home, I was away when they called. I got home, I contacted the television department, I spoke with someone there, and they said, well, just understand that this is a, a standing invitation, and when it is ready, you bring it, we'll put it on. And uh, I sort of used that as my excuse. Well, we'll just get ready. And September came, and we weren't ready. In October, we didn't go on. November, we didn't go on. De uh, December didn't go on. January didn't go on. And we got to February, and it was like the Lord just woke me out of this stupid sleep and said, how long? I have given you an opportunity to preach on television the thing I've called you to do, and you have not been ready. How long until you are ready? And Sarah and I went to our staff and I said, are you guys familiar with the term light a fire? <laughs> because that's what I'm doing under me and that's what I want all of us to do. That was February. I said, we're going on in April. So we took that next several weeks, six, eight weeks, and we shot broadcast. And none of us, none of our team had ever touched a television broadcast. I stood in front of a camera before, but that was it. And we're learning it, we're growing in it, and we're teaching each other, and the Lord's teaching us. And it went on in, in April, and we're thankful for it. But the Lord arrested me sometime after that, and he said, you should have been ready the day he called. You should have been ready. So I'm, I'm saying that to tell you a lot of this is coming out of a fresh place in me. And it's good. God's merciful. We're on and we're seeing great results. We thank God for the testimonies that are coming in. But I have to reconcile the fact that seven months of opportunity went by. That's seven months of preaching and teaching and leading people in worship. That's seven months of extending altar calls all over the world. That's seven months of giving people the word. That's seven months of preaching Jesus to people from the top to the bottom. That's seven months of opportunity for people to get on board with you and partner and let the vision explode on the inside of them. That was seven months. And me not being ready cost me seven months, 28 weeks. It's important to be ready. So this guy says to Jesus in his response, here's the door that's flung open wide, follow me. And he says, Lord, let me first, me first, he said. 
How many of you know the kingdom of God is not me first? It's kingdom first. In all things, at all times, kingdom first. Are you me first or king first? Because there's a lot of people telling Jesus the same thing. Lord, I'll go with you. Notice these guys didn't say no. But to Jesus, it's paramount to the same thing. This echoes in, in my brain from my childhood. Jeremy, delayed obedience is disobedience. <laughs> they said, let me first go and bury my father. Now, let me ask you a question. Is he ready? As long as there's still something else to do before you do the thing Jesus told you to do, you're not ready. And if you're not ready, you're not fit. He loves you. He's called you. But as long as there's a higher priority, you and I are of no use to him whatsoever. This is sobering. It gets better. Hold on. <laughs> Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead. You go now and preach the kingdom of God. And to another, another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first. The exact same two words this other guy said, let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. It's not even like they're saying, I won't be there soon. It's just that there's something else to do. It's just that there's something else. There's another, there's a higher priority. And Jesus' response to it was not, it, it wasn't sweet. I know there was kindness in it. I know there was love in it, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't, oh, what's the word, Lord? He didn't, he didn't give in to this. He wasn't talked out of his call on their life to make provision for their priority. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.